Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. A blue collar appeal to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. That was those here. It is the lowdown on a Thursday morning heading into week nine. And, Wolf, this is, you know, it was Thursday. We're at the point now where we're looking ahead, right? Yeah. But Patrick Peterson is still looking back. If he's looking back two years, I figure we can look back a couple days. So, Listen, you know I love Pat P. Let it go, Pat P. Oh, it's hard. Before I play any of this, so I just want to get your reaction of, you know, he's, he's on the field saying right. Steve Kime hasn't called him back in two years. He doubles down by in front of his locker later saying... Somebody in the organization was putting weird emails, printing them out. You don't have to print the internet. I think that commercial told us that. But putting the emails in his locker, like just a weird thing to bring up. Also kind of a weird thing to happen. Yeah, he hasn't had closure. It's still burning inside of him. Um, and obviously when you win, it, it allows you to express those things um, as you would like to. Um, unlike last year when they lost the game. But my note for this game, because I just watched it you know, back this morning, was... Patrick Peterson is on one. And if you don't know what being on one is, it just means taking it to another level. I mean, after every play, even plays he didn't make, he would celebrate running over in their face, <laughs> staring down the sideline, <laughs> celebrating with his fingers in the head, doing like a little dance, you know, in the, in the middle of the thing when uh, doing the interception. And, you know, and he played well. I mean, he had two, he had a chance to have two interceptions that, that he almost called his shot. Um, you know, maybe a younger Pat P would have picked those balls off or, or whatnot, but he played a great game. I thought he was physical, you know, running around. And so, hey, when things are burning inside of you like that, when you feel like you've been slighted in, in, in whether it's petty or not, uh, when you win, it gives you a chance to kind of release it and kind of put it out there. And, you know, he, he's been that guy. I'm going to let you know how I feel. Well, now he's got the podcast. So if you thought, okay, he's just going to move on to whoever Minnesota is playing this week, he is not. He is still talking about uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to play some of these clips now. We'll try and play more of them later in the show. Uh, and I haven't heard this one yet, but talking about Steve Keim and some of the promises he feels that with a, they were made to him that didn't get followed through on. Because I knew they was going to get J.J. Watt before you know they even signed him because he's like, man, we're going to go get a, a alpha dog. We're going to go get a, somebody up front. That can really help you out. That's what he's saying. Help you out. And this is Steve Kahn. Yeah, help you out and the guys on the back end. So I'm like, bet. Uh, yeah, we you know we need that. You know, hopefully, you know, we're gonna have Chandler back. You get JJ. You know, now we now we trying to you know cook some you know cook some up for a recipe uh, for uh, for success. And then he was like, then he went into the money situation. You know, what I mean, you know, you know, we ain't gonna have you know uh, much money, but you know, I promise you, we're gonna do everything you know that we can to keep you around. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, it's I I really am hesitant to talk about it when I hear a man talking about personal business dealings. Uh, right, right. right. I'm yeah. just saying right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't want to call Pappy a liar. I don't want to do that. I don't know what was said. Um, I think we all, through our own experiences, understand that conversations sometimes aren't exactly the way that you make them sound when you recall them. I'm just saying. Right, right, right. I I. 
I, it's a very difficult thing when you listen to somebody like Pat P, somebody that I respect an awful lot. Um, you know, recalling personal business matters, man. That's just and I mean that conversation right there doesn't mean that it, it didn't happen. It wasn't bad. I wouldn't look bad at Steve Kahn because something happened differently. He said the money might not work out. We ain't gonna have enough money. So when I approach Pat P to negotiate, maybe yeah, Pat P doesn't want those deals or whatever, whatever it may be. But that's the business of football. That right there happens to a ton of guys, and it's what the league is about until it happens to you, and then it feels a certain type of yeah. way. But Unless it's done like maliciously, I think that's probably what more Pat P is upset. I don't think he's upset about that conversation. When you hear him talk, and whether it's right or wrong, but from his perspective, is that the communication stopped and something, uh, 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 a decision was made and he wasn't included in it or wasn't informed about it. When you hear him talk about everything in totality, that alone, I don't think he's upset about. I think it's the communication, having been here for so long. Having thinking you've developed a relationship and a friendship with someone, and then something differently happens in that regard. Now, obviously, to your point, Wolf, it's his perspective, um, and obviously, Steve is never going to talk about this at yeah, all. Right. And what really went down, he's going to take that because that's just the type of dude yeah, he is, yeah. right? And so, it's not even worth getting in a tit for tat. So, they obviously both know, but Pat P thinks he's been slighted, and it happens to a lot of guys. Miscommunication. That's why communication and, and clarity, especially with certain guys. I'm not saying you got to do it with every guy that right. comes through your organization. Right. He's one of the best Cardinals but, ever. You know, though, yeah, Larry he, Fitzgerald, yeah. Pat P, guys that have been here, Sweat Equity has helped you win, put you on that level, right? Um, um, you you owe it out of respect to them and what they've put in to, to communicate as clearly as you can and up front as you can so that there isn't this animosity. Because you want a guy like Pat P, when he retires, to feel like he can come back. Yes. Right? Be yes. a part of the organization. Maybe show up at practice and help some young guys out, right? Because of what he did on the field and because, and that's why I hate it that it's been this breakdown in relationship because that's going to minimize his impact in this organization moving forward when he's set up with all the greatness that he's has to really, to, to really be impactful moving forward here. Yeah, this uh, I think you you hit the nail on the head at least at least partially with some of it just being he feels like the communication broke down because you're right, you said he he, he clearly feels like he had no closure and so yeah. and I'm going to play another clip here. It's like if you think something's working one way or the other and then it just stops and there's no closure, then maybe you are holding it on onto it two years later. Although I would say for himself personally, he probably should let go at this point. But here's more from Patrick Peterson. So now, like I said, I hit Steve up. Like, yo, Steve, you know, I know it's a week out for free agency. Free agency to uh, officially start. I'm about to head. <clears throat> I'm about to head on vacation. You know what I mean? Just let me know because you know, if so, I can start. You know, looking for teams while I'm on vacation. Versus, yeah. I mean, just you know, just hanging around. You know, you got me just hanging around like a little doll or whatever. So about. The night before, um, the night before free agency started, I think I called him. I left him a voicemail or something like that. So he didn't pick it up. So I ended up calling my agent. I was like, "Man, bump it." You know what I mean? Let's let's just. Cause he was out there. Yeah, I was like, "Man, bump it." You know, he obviously he ain't returning no calls. He don't want nothing to do with me. It is what it is. Soon as I sign, I get this long text message. From who? From no other than Steve Kyle. I'm like, come on, bro. Are you serious right now, man? So to me, that's where the disrespect just went to me at an all-time high. 
Because you're a general manager, you like you see your phone every day. You see your phone every second. Yeah. So you can't be like, and I know everybody's busy. And I'm not saying that, that I'm your, your your girlfriend or your chick or anything like that. But just be like, all right, P, we moving on. I can, yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm a grown man, like I said before. P, we moving on. We love your 10 years here, bro. We just moving in another direction. Versus saying, oh, we're going to do everything that we can. Da, 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 da. Then don't have no communication. And then when we don't have no communication, you want to shoot me a text an hour right after I sign. So I think I agree with you. It's just yeah. sad that it's ending this way. Right. Yeah, it was just a breakdown in communication and, and obviously felt slighted by the way it transpired in communication. Now, you know, whatever happened, but I've, I've been in that situation with, and I'll talk about my own person when I was leaving Washington, and I wanted to sign back and go there instead of come out here to Arizona, and they end up pulling my deal when I decided, hey, I'm coming back. They pulled my deal and said, no, we pulled it. It's like, dang. So let me call the head coach. Uh, the head coach is blaming it on the GM. Then I could call, call the GM. The GM blaming it on the head coach. And it kept throwing me back and <laughs> yeah. forth. I'm like, man, I've been here seven years, you know, laying it out. I'm a pro bowler. At least let me know, Azo. We just decided we're going to go a different way. Uh, I have a lot of respect for you. We'll see you out there on the field. Good luck yeah. in the rest of your career. All right, cool. But don't right. toss it back and not give me any clarity as far as what I've done, especially when a lot of the organizations talk about we family. Yeah. Right? right. <laughs> you know, they use that all the time. So don't throw that out there, especially when I've put all this work and sweat equity and, and produced and performed. And now you don't you don't want to tell me hard news. I know it's hard. Right? You know to tell amazing? a guy. I, I got to tell you this quickly, man. Uh, Larry Wilson, of course, was the general manager for the Arizona Cardinals yeah. all the way back when I was playing for him. And I can tell you right now, I, I didn't want to go to Cleveland. <laughs> Plan B, free agency. I didn't want to go to Cleveland, man. So I, I came to see Larry. And Larry, I, I walked into his office. I said, Larry, I want to talk to you about this, man. I want to stay here. Right. And, and Larry picked up his cigarette, <laughs> lit it, and walked out with me. Took me out. Outside the building, walked up and down outside of the front of the building, telling me, "You got to take this deal that Cleveland's offering you right, right now. Yeah. Take it because we can't pay you." I mean, that was Larry yeah. Wilson, right? You know, I mean, that's I, I always appreciated that. To your point, but that, yeah, that's it, right? I mean, just because in your mind this relationship's over, you still there's it's not over yet. You still have to like finish it the right way, right? And correct, and especially when you are a player that has been on the team for that many yep. years, and you're not a guy that was there for six weeks or right. something. You know, uh, all right. So Smashing Pumpkins, Jane's Addiction are coming to the Footprint Center for the Spirits on Fire Tour November 18th. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. We come back. What can the Cardinals expect from the Seahawks on Sunday? We'll get into that next. Lowdown continues. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Here we go, 15-year NFL veteran, Lorenzo Alexander, joins Wolf and Luke. A guy who epitomizes class, integrity, and is a true gentleman. The Lowdown, brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. The biggest difference, obviously, with Cardinals Seahawks playing 
twice in the span of three weeks. So Lorenzo Alexander's here for one more segment of the lowdown. Uh, typically, you see two teams meet twice in three weeks. You figure, okay, it's a pretty similar matchup. But the Cardinals have their kicker back, and they have DeAndre Hopkins back. So there actually is a, a pretty significant difference on one side. Uh, here's Pete Carroll talking about the difference in preparing for that Cardinals offense with Hop back. Well, it's different in that they know that he's out there, and they're using the heck out of him. He's been targeted a ton and, and since he's been back. Um, and he's come through and made terrific plays. The, the touchdown catch he made last week was amazing. And uh, but he's they go to him in regular situations just to move the football as well, you know. So he's a big part of it, and, and uh, we have to. Our focus is different because he's playing this week. The other part of this, Wolf, you brought this up yesterday. The Seahawks defense is playing a lot better now than it was going into that Cardinals game. They had given up 84 points in two games. Now they're not giving up any points. Uh, so let's let's just start with Cardinals on the field on offense. They didn't even score a touchdown against Seattle last time against that Seattle defense. What's it like when you see each other that that in such close proximity? It's been four weeks of football, but three real weeks in, in actual time. Right. Uh, you know, so obviously teams are not going to change that significantly in that in that time. Um, you, you are who you are. That's why divisional games are always so contested because you know the other opponent well. And so it comes down to, and I know Wolf loves that, right? Man to man, executing <laughs> and doing your job. And, 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 and as simple as that sounds... It's hard, it's hard to do consistently for what for whatever reason you got injuries you know you got a, a, a backup in you know you miscommunication the other guy's standard, good the other guy's good right and so when I watched the game back last week the Cardinals and this is on both sides and I know we're talking about the offensive offensive side of the ball they have to be more physical at the line of scrimmage. Games are won and lost, and I will never change on this. I don't care how Thank you. how cute we want to get on the outside, eye candy, all these big receivers, guys can run around, five DBs on the field instead of that third linebacker. The game is simple. We try to complicate it. Be more physical at the line of scrimmage, dominate there, and you can do all that other stuff, but you'll be able to run the ball, you'll be able to pass the ball, you'll be so, able to do play action, right? Win the game there. Because it was disheartening at times watching the Cardinals try to run the ball, try to pass protect, and then Kyler back there, you know, running for his life and trying to make a play. And then I I don't even really don't even want to talk about the defensive side. That was even that was it was atrocious. It was yeah. embarrassing in a lot of ways as far as the, the the defensive line and linebacker play from a physical standpoint as far as I, multiple times and it was different guys getting knocked off the ball four or five yards getting kicked out four or five yards I mean one time a guy was 10 yards down the field another time same guy on his butt getting kicked out right you, you're not going to win a lot of games like that that's why Dalvin Cook they, they couldn't set the edge running off the edge and so before you talk about winning anything they need to show up Hopefully they red dotted some folks. Maybe hopefully they went old school. I don't know if Cliff has that in him. Vance Joseph, I, you were talking about spirited meeting. Pen. I know he had a spirited meeting after that. It was the Saints win, right? Yeah. Hopefully he had a spirited meeting after this last game. Like, look at who is this? I don't know if we drafted this guy. This is not the guy we drafted, right? He's talking today too, Vance. Yeah, look so at, we'll, uh, we'll hear. Uh, I mean, because it was it was. 
it was unacceptable based on what we've seen the standard set the first yes. seven weeks of the season as far as getting knocked off physical physically and so that's the first area they need to address as far as this game come out be physical because you know the, the Seahawks going to try to run the ball right you know they're going to try to beat you up front um, on, on the defensive side of the ball based on what they saw oh man ooh man these guys are soft I don't know what's going on over there in the Cardinals locker room but they don't look like they ready to play I'm about to eat this week and so just that mindset that uh, that pride that professionalism Right, putting film out there that is not uh, uh, reflective of who you are. Um, they how need to address so, that. How much so do you think that had to do with the fact that Rodney Hudson, of course, wasn't playing? That uh, Justin Pugh is not playing. It, it right? doesn't. Uh, DJ Humphreys is not playing. I get that. Right, you may not be as good as those guys, but to be physically so tossed talking- around without. Coming back, and you came back maybe one play, but just you—they lost way too many plays from a physical standpoint, and just getting beat. Just situational football. Even the last sure. play in the in the fourth in the fourth quarter when they're trying to go down, guard gets beat inside. You never give up the inside move. If he's gonna get beat, let him run up the field. You're yeah. sitting on that inside because you know that you got to keep the pocket clean. Right. So just basic fundamental football. They didn't even have to do with physicality, but you let a guy beat you there, and then you look soft. Talent, talent and physicality don't have to be the same thing. You can have less talent. You can still be physical. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Correct. Yes. In pride and effort, finishing plays, running to the ball. That That's a non-talent issue, and they lack that on both sides of the ball. Especially in the front seven, up front line and linebackers on defense. Yeah, and one of the things, too, that I've been talking about all season long is the scheme. Uh, the scheme also, the type of plays that you're going to run allows you to be physical mm-hmm. as an offensive lineman as right. well. And that's always been a point of contention for me. Right. I'd like to see them run plays that are more physical, more power scheme plays, as a matter of fact, as opposed to standing right up and man blocking. Right. I'd love to see them actually run a little bit more of the counter. Right. Run a little bit more power. And I'll tell you, this is where scheme helps the, the player do their job, right? Because then, you know, we people then focus back on Cliff, and this is how it happens. So to Will's point, if I can run power, if I can run counter, if I can run downhill and be physical and then give the same look but have play action off of it, it helps a less talented guy do his job because now the D-line, oh, I think this is run. Let me sit down. No, it's pass, and I'm already have you from a schematic standpoint. I haven't even done nothing physically, but the play has essentially put me in position to do my job. At a high level. And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Cliff. Not like his plays and his offense isn't good, but it has to tie in and allow guys, no matter who's in there, to do their job. And sometimes you have to change, right? If you don't have D-Hop, okay, how do we change? If you don't have Rodney Hudson and uh, a couple of other starting offensive linemen, what can we do to make these guys stand up? And I know it may be a little uh, inconveniencing, but that's what you got to do to win games. You can't put a, a, a circle in a square hole. Right. This is this is it too. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, if you don't if you don't figure this out against Seattle, you may you still have a season. Obviously, you're not mathematically done. But what are you doing? Like it, it should have some of the stuff should have been fixed already. But based on the division you're in, you still have time to change it. But you have like two days to change. Yeah. It. At this point, you are essentially who you are. Can you get on a hot streak and win? And that's why I'm saying I'm glad D Hop is back out there because he's gonna he's. Uh, Infectious, right? The way he plays, his swag, the same way as oh, and, I, and I'm sorry, I've been negative. I, I got to give these two guys a shout out, man. My, 
Buddha Baker, man. Yeah. I, oh my oh, God! Oh, just oh, relentless. Oh, oh, I just got it. Let me let me end this segment on a positive <laughs> note. Buddha we'll Baker. Every hour on Buddha Baker. Jaylen, this year. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I just love the way these dudes play, flying around, and they make. And I know, and I know, Vance is doing this. Why is Buddha getting to the ball faster than you? He's seven yards further away from you when the play started. I don't, I don't understand that. Can you answer that for me? Uh, whoever I'm talking to, <laughs> I just, <laughs> he's just flying, hitting guys in the gap. I mean, oh, it's just so great to watch. And I like, obviously, I like Jalen uh, Thompson as well, yep. and what he does, and his physicality, and just, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. They, yeah. Those guys make me want to watch the end of the film when other guys make me want to turn the film off and so I just want to give those two guys a shout out because the, they haven't changed and I think that's why Buddha's so frustrated Man, I'm out here laying cats out laying my body on the line I'm small but I don't care I'm going to throw it around why isn't everybody else I didn't talk to you I didn't say something I didn't lead by example man what Come on, let's do this thing. Because when you talk about um, the offensive linemen, uh, you talk about wanting to be more physical as well. I, I've never met an offensive line or an offensive lineman that didn't want to come off the ball. Right, right. And be physical. I've... Uh, it doesn't exist to me, and if it does, you need to get them out. That's what we need <laughs> to. Got an offensive lineman who doesn't want to come off the ball. We need to do that, Wolf. Any anytime it's like coming off a loss, we just need to dedicate two minutes of the show to talking about Buda Baker and Jalen. Oh, Thompson. that so gets you up all day. Yep. If, if the whole team was Buda Baker, you wouldn't even need a coach, right? <laughs> <laughs> just have a bunch Buda, of those guys. Buda's gonna run into yeah. the darkness. Yeah. So, thanks a lot, man. Great stuff as always. Always. Thank all right. you. That's Lorenzo Alexander checking in for the lowdown as he does every Thursday. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What's the timeline for DeAndre Ayton's injury? And what does the Suns GM think about the recent play of Cam Johnson? You're going to hear what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, thanks to Lorenzo Alexander for joining us for the last hour. Always puts things in a good perspective on the way out. So, love is positivity. Uh, for the longest time, we were waiting when to uh, to see when we're getting DeAndre Hopkins back. Now you flip it over to basketball, and you're waiting to see when you're getting DeAndre Ayton back for different reasons. Uh, they've played well so far without DA. Certainly, the Suns, there's, there's very little to complain about with the Phoenix Suns. But here's James Jones on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, giving a little bit of an update on that injury timeline. We're still the same timeline. He's trending in the right direction, and we're hopeful that a couple days of a uh, good, you know, good movement will get him back. But you know, if he could be back this weekend, that'd be great for us. Uh, otherwise, we're just going to take our time and, and make sure that he's right when he comes back. Like you don't, you don't have to rush him back. I mean, you don't want to sit him for you know if he's good, but you you have the luxury of not having to rush guys yes. back. You had it last year too. Yeah, this is one of the beautiful things about it right now. Um, you know, especially this new approach that they're taking to playing games and how they're going to go about playing games. The fact that they're trying to get everyone else involved. That Chris Paul is going out there and not looking for his shot, even at the end of some games. We've seen him do that. Pass up some open 
shots, right? And try to get some of the other guys involved. And we've seen the Phoenix Suns sit down some of their best players. Even now, listen, I know that DA had five fouls. Devin Booker had five fouls. But it's not like, you know, you expected them to miss crunch time altogether because they had five fouls. No, you know what? Um, We've seen them win three games where they sat down three of their best players. Chris Paul in the very first game, DeAndre Ayton, of course, and Devin Booker. We've seen them do that. I love this new approach that Monty Williams is taking, and this only gets Jock Landale even more reps. This gets busy. Even more reps right now. And you're going to need to continue to develop this bench as the season unfolds. Yeah, don't bring D.A. back until he's ready to go. Well, you don't need... Look, you don't want him to be hurt, but it's you're going into the eighth game of the season. And you just said it right there. Okay, well, he's hurt. Well, let's make the most of this. Let's get Jock Landale more time. Let's get Bismack Biombo more time. James Jones talked about that. They've got some depth at that position right now. It's a luxury. Um, we wouldn't put him at risk either way you know if we were down and we only had one setter if he wasn't right we wouldn't put him back out there but you know him him being who he is the moment he's ready to play he'll play and uh and that's one thing i like about da is he really loves to compete and uh he's looking forward to getting back out there there is a benefit to to getting those guys out there that's sometimes you have like okay your team's in a tough spot and you got to spin it and you got to say okay yeah but look at this okay is that really going to help well it is going to help especially with Landale I think Bismack is probably who he is at this point in his career yes but for Landale that's somebody you're developing on on your team and you may need him in the playoffs and you don't have to rush DA back and when DA's ready well you welcome him back because you're still developing DA too how many people love to watch Bismack Biombo play the game of basketball. Did, Raise your hand. Did you right see what? Well, I, I mean, when he gets out there, I get irrationally excited to see Bismack on the floor. Um, you've got to be kidding me right now. Just watching him compete. He challenges everybody and everything. <laughs> nine blocks the matter. last two games? Oh, nine, nine blocks, nine blocks. The last two games. What are you doing, Biz? What, what kind of basketball is that? Nine blocks in two... You know what? It's just... It's who he is, man. And... Um, I love that. I love seeing it, and it's something I'd love to see developed by DeAndre Ayton. It's not going to ever be what Busy does. It's not going to be like that. But, man, that attitude of confronting opponents as they come into the lane, oh, man, why don't we see more of that? But they do. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and, yes, you'd love DA to be all these things. But it's kind of looking like they're going to have a situation where, okay, yeah, you've got D.A., and he's your guy, and you took him number one overall, and he does a lot of things really, really well. Yeah, he does. But if you need somebody to get in your face, we'll go, we'll go to... We'll go to Bismack. He's on the bench. If we need a big man to hit some threes, okay, well, you got Landale. Is Landale it too much to things. ask for both? Is it too well, much? But, but you do have both. I, Apparently, it's too much to ask for both to be one player. But yes, you do have those options yes, on this I team. I know. I understand that. In Can fact, you imagine what a force he would be if that were the case? There's uh, James Jones talking about Biombo. This is all business. And I, I love and respect him for that because it doesn't matter the circumstances uh, surrounding his, his opportunities. Biz will be who he is. He'll he'll execute the game plan. He's going to protect the rim. He's going to run and play with force and speed. Uh, and more importantly, he's going to take pride on the defensive end. And and that's something that um, translates every night. You know, it, it, this is a possession game. You know, we play um, some really good offensive teams, and if you can get defensive stops, it, it really improves improves your chances of winning. 
Yeah, man, I love that right there, honestly. A guy like Busy that comes into the game, James was just talking about a guy that runs, a guy that plays with force. Notice that once again. There it is. Plays with force. That's the how you do things, playing with force. Um, I love that, man. He's so right. Busy's got a, a huge role, I think, on this team. Okay, he doesn't get a lot of minutes, of course, yet at the same time, everyone knows what he's capable of doing and the respect they have for him, man. That's uh, part of their culture. Bally Sports, I think it was Bally Sports, put out a video on Instagram of, it was Bismack, it was Cam Johnson, it was, I think, Mikel and Booker, too, watching old footage of Amani Williams, I want to say it was college dunk competition, and it, it, the only reason I'm bringing it up now is because, like, you know, Booker was like, oh, look at the chain Monty's wearing, you know, pointed out, and Cam, they were all pointing out the chain, but Bismack, when he saw Monty with hair, just started laughing, <laughs> he just kept going back to Bismack, so and he's good. just laughing and laughing and laughing. Um, this, uh, one more from James Jones talking about Chris Paul and you know you're you're getting other players some of these shots towards the end of games CP's not necessarily scoring as much as you as we all know he could he's still putting up double digit assists every night maybe I mean I know a lot of a lot of it is about a lot of conversation stems around Chris and prolonging what he does and you know how he changes and how the, the early season um, like change in his his workload may impact his long term those are all unknown what I do know is that, you know, if you look at how our team's been performing, you know, he's adjusting and his adjustment has allowed those guys to be better. And so as long as you win in this league, you, you continue to thrive and, and you stick around for a long time. Um, so how he continues to drive us towards wins will determine how long he plays and, 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 and what he does going forward. i tell you what's, what's refreshing about the Suns right now, Wolf. And I'm not trying to pile on the Cardinals, but there's almost no way to to say this without using them as comparison. The Suns aren't hiding what their plan is. There's there's no like okay, but we're going. Oh, are we doing this? Or no? They're very out in the open. We're trying to preserve Chris Paul for the the you know the entire season. We need him for the playoffs. Chris Paul the other night after the game. We need to to be at a point where we're peaking towards the end of the season. We learned last year sixty plus wins in the regular season ultimately didn't mean anything. It's just refreshing that they're not hiding it. They're just doing it. Yes, if you want to if you're a coach from another team and you want to turn tune into Burns and Gamble yesterday and you hear what they're talking about with their luxury at center without DA and how they're not rushing them back and what what how they're trying to manage Chris Paul. That's great. You can yeah. know it. The Suns don't care. They're just going to go out there and as you always say, just be better at it than you are. You know, I I totally get what you're saying and agree to some degree, but I will say this that in the game of football it's always been much more secretive than any other sport. Yeah, and it I'm, has. I'm only Steve. using the Cardinals as an example cuz they're the NFL team here in town. Any yeah, any okay, NFL team go. would be that way. Yeah, no, I, and I really do mean that, man. Bill Belichick, I can tell you right now, oh uh, my goodness, you want to talk it. about a guy that is absolutely out of his mind when it comes to you not telling anybody anything about terminology or the plays you run or the formations or He's always been much more secretive, and that's that's been part of the game of football, I think. But I think that's tough right now. It's one of the things that's tough with the Cardinals. 
like when we have Cliff on, I don't expect Cliff to tell us, hey, we're running this play for this reason. That's why I don't ask him about specific plays because I don't expect him to give anything away. Whether the plays are working or not, he's obviously doing them for a reason that he believes in. So he's not going to say something no. that's going to show up on Pete Carroll's totally. desk. But it's just refreshing with the basketball team right now. Everything is just like, here we go. There's there's no like with the, with the it, Cardinals. It's pretty basic, though. You, you see it. Yeah, it's but out there what with, it with is. With the Cardinals, it's hard to know what their plan is. It's it's a lot. And I don't mean strategically on the field. I mean like, why didn't you go out and add some pieces in the off season? Why didn't you add anybody at the trade deadline? Like, what what is is the plan to try and win now? I, I see what you're saying. I'm Luke. going much I, I bigger picture. Meant, uh, yeah, I thought you meant scheme. Yeah, no, I don't expect to, to know that. <laughs> no, I just mean like in general. Like, what are you doing? Are you trying to win now? Why aren't you going all in when Kyler's still not making the big? Like, just yeah. just what is it? And if they were eight, no. Nobody would care. Nobody. Clearly, the record would indicate what you're trying to do. It's just it's refreshing with the Suns because you can buy in much more easily yeah. right now because you know what's on the line. Text Devils to six twenty six twenty for your chance to win VIP field and tailgate passes to see ASU take on the Oregon State Beavers, courtesy of Bar S. That's Devils to six twenty six twenty. We come back. What needs to happen for Rodney Hudson to get back on the field? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, the injuries have been piling up on the Cardinals for a while, so I'm not going to make it sound like this is anything new, Wolf, but, um, you know, Rodney Hudson in particular for the longest time. You're doing, killing me. Yeah. <laughs> Rodney's, I mean, longest time Rodney's the killing me right there, honestly. You know how much I think of him, how much I respect Rodney, and how good he is, and the way he changes the way the Arizona Cardinals play the game, man. It just, that hurts. It, it, now we're kind of to the point, and unfortunately, I mean, obviously Rodney Hudson doesn't want to be in this spot either, but if I didn't see him on the injury report, I I would feel like I hadn't been handed the complete injury report. You know what I mean? That's just kind of where we are this season. And you can't tell me that doesn't hurt this team, no matter how good his uh, his replacement ends up being. Here's Kyler Murray yesterday talking about what it's like not having... I mean, Rodney Hudson, when they went out and got him, we're talking about one of the two or three best centers in football when they went out and made that move. Here's Kyler. I mean, I'm more so just worried, you know, worried for him. You know, obviously, I know how much he loves the game, how much he wants to be out there to not be able to be out there, um, not be able to, you know, give the team, you know, what he, he brings to the table. I know how much it kills him. Um, I'm, I'm fine with, with Billy being out there. I uh, would love to have Rod, Rodney, obviously, but more so just, you know, his, he's got to get his health right and, um, you know, his mental, so. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the that's the case you're in right now. I just know when I was playing, oh my goodness, I could not even stand the thought of being hurt. It just was, you know what it did? It's so irrational, of course, but it screams weak. That's what it it screams to you in your own mind. I'm talking about my own mind. You were also mind. taught that when you were playing. Exactly. Too. Oh, my goodness. It was just, you're so weak. You're so soft. You can't get out of the field. And that is that is the wrong mentality. It is. But it's the truth. It's how I thought at that point in time. It, it, it makes you uncomfortable. I'm sure. Um, even today, all these years later... It's not 1985 anymore. All these years later, I, I'm sure that has not changed much to that degree. I, I think even today, you'll get players that just feel like, man, 
this is the worst thing that could happen to me. Wow. You don't even feel like you're part of the team when you can't play. Even if it is changing over the last couple years, everybody in the league still grew up with that mentality through high school and probably even college of like, hey, what's the, the, the simple phrase of the best ability is is availability yes. i mean there's there's some truth right. to that right if yep. you especially if you're a good player you're going to get constantly whether they mean well or not your coaches or your teammates been like hey you coming back <laughs> i mean we're doing it right now on the air they need rodney hudson back they yes. clearly do Man. uh here's billy price talked about how much hudson still helps him on the sidelines stay on the sideline and we're always sitting right here so just to see what he sees and his experience within this division and understanding players and coverages etc just to continue to to increase my knowledge of the game as well. Uh, something that I'm not used to reading coverages as much. Lance Center, I have done in, in the past, but having this offense and just being able to help the total package, it's really been helpful to have him on the sideline at, at all times. And uh, again, he's a first round Hall of Fame center, so it's, he's, he's incredible. He's an incredible asset to have. That is so cool right there because Billy Price still, I'm sure, working his way through the details. Um, it's not like he's been here all season long. We know that. And yet he's come in and for the most part, I would say, performed admirably. Um, the fact that you've got Rodney Hudson sitting next to you on the sideline after every possession is fantastic, yeah. too. I'm sure that is that's way you can really still help. helping him. And not only, not only during the game, but also throughout the entire week. The entire week to have Rodney Hudson uh, helping you, coaching you, um, that's got to be a huge advantage. Uh, they asked Billy Price actually about what you just said. You've learned two playbooks in six weeks. Not the easiest thing to do in football. Yeah, it's <laughs> learning two playbooks in six weeks wasn't easy, especially being out there in Vegas in the Patriots system. They're very complex. Now, here it is, it's complex as well, but I've done similar things and similar schemes in my time in New York, in my time in Cincy, even some carryover in and out of Vegas. So it's tough, but again, you have to clean your brain, have a blank slate, and be able to just absorb what we're doing now, focus in. And it's been nice to be able to focus in on a week-by-week basis of the playbook, not necessarily trying to absorb the whole thing as what you would do at training camp. You know what? I, <laughs> just listening to that right now, you know what I think of? I think of how complex Bill Belichick's system was. <laughs> okay. It's, it, it, to well, that's me, what he was basically running with Josh McDaniels. Right yeah. With Josh McDaniels, right? And that was the same way. And do you know why it was the same way? Even in Cleveland in 1992 and 1993 was because he wanted it difficult. <laughs> so that, <laughs> kind of weed you so out. that other players could not just go ahead and pass it along what it was that he was doing. I, I'm serious about <laughs> no, this stuff, I am not man. at that's, all shocked by it's that. one sentence. of the reasons why. It's one of the reasons why Bill Belichick knew exactly exactly the type of player that he he had to have inside that locker room for for his team to be successful. Listen, he tried to do it at Cleveland. He did not have um, the players that he needed in Cleveland. That's why I was there. Okay? <laughs> That's why, one of the reasons why I was he there. He went from he Wolf needed, to Brady. Exactly. <laughs> he needed some better players, okay? But... Um, Never forget that he wanted it difficult and he wanted players that were going to be smart and players that would be able to adjust in the middle of a game, standing there in the middle of the first quarter saying, okay, everything we practiced over the last two weeks, forget about it. Yeah, the bye week, everything we practiced, forget about it. We're ripping it up. This is what we're going to do. And you had to be able to make that adjustment. Midway through the first quarter. Midway through the first quarter. After a bye week coming off a bye. Think about that, That's what it's... I mean... (sighs) 
how much of winning at the NFL level is your ability to adjust? Oh, my goodness. I, I, I think it's like 75% of the equation because so everybody's talented. So much of it. That's that's the reason why your offense has got to grow. It's got to get big. It's got to be capable of doing anything. <sighs> anything you need to do to beat somebody else. Because they're weak right there. Attack the weakness. Yeah. <laughs> Attack the weakness. That's it's survival. Every every week in this league is survival with the exception of like the Eagles playing Houston tonight. But that's the extreme. Here's uh, Cliff Kingsbury on how not having Rodney Hudson makes his job more difficult. It's tough. Um, disappointed for him and, and obviously us. I mean, he's, like I said, he's a coach on the field for everybody. He's a calming presence. Uh, really, really good player at that position. And, um, um, you know, we've had to rotate through some guys in that line. I think Billy's done an admirable job since he got here of picking it up and executing. But, I mean, that's a Pro Bowl-type caliber player that is a great leader and a great player. And hopefully at some point we can get him back. Mel Kiper Jr. Player Profile. Been an All-American at Ohio State at both center and guard. Strong kid. Athletic ability like Pat Elfline last year came out. Had a really good rookie year with the Minnesota Vikings. I think is as good or better. I think here's a kid who had that torn pectoral muscle through the process. Had it not been for that, he would have projected even higher than where he goes in the draft now. Billy Price is a plug-and-play center or guard. A veteran professional approach. Love his leadership and the way he takes charge on that offensive line. He will be ready to make all rookie teams right away. Literally plug and play, Mel. <laughs> They're plugging him in and playing him. Part, what did he say? Torn pectoral? You know, I oh, I love that. Oh, my goodness. That look, I mean, he could, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but you're not talking about an old player. He's a first-round pick in 2018. If this works out for Billy Price, I, I don't know. Is Rodney Hudson going to be back next year? I mean, there's yeah, questions if he was going to play this year. I, I I mean, yeah. that's that's speculation to a certain point, but if you're running a team, ideally you have the next guy in place, so you right. have options. You know, he, here's the thing that I think Billy Price and the Arizona Cardinals are going to see um, for as long as Billy Price is still going to be the center. Uh, Zadarius Smith and what... Ed Donatel did with Zadarius Smith. Saw way it's too much of him on Sunday. Standing him up and actually bringing him in. Zadarius Smith, man, let, let me tell you something right now. He looks so good. He looks so good, so capable. This is not just a guy that you can stand up on the edge and have him rush off the edge. Of course, he can do that. This is a guy, they, they had him stand off the ball. And then come in over Billy Price on a five-man rush because they wanted to try to isolate Billy Price. And, boy, a couple of times, Zadarius Smith won. Yeah. He won those battles. Too many times. And because of that, what's going to happen? That's on tape. Billy Price is going to see it again. Yeah. I guess the only positive there is not every team has a Zadarius Smith. Correct. Remember when Minnesota, remember there was talk in the offseason maybe they're going to move on from Daniel Hunter and instead they kept Hunter and they went out and added Zadarius Smith? Yes. That was a good move by them. Yeah, that yeah, was. working out pretty well. <laughs> Paying I, off in spades. I, I was um, impressed a little bit by Minnesota's defense. I didn't realize how good their defense was. You know, you look at them when they were five and one. You don't you watch them a little bit, but like I said, the only game I watched their entire game before this past Sunday was them playing Philadelphia, and they yeah. got run off the field in that game. Um, their defense is you just typically you think okay, they got Dalvin Cook and they got Justin Jefferson, and if they can get the ball to Thielen, he helps too. They're they're more well rounded this year. Still not taking them to go very far in the playoffs, but that's a decent football team. The Cardinals lost to. 
Yes. Unfortunately, that sentence ends with the Cardinals lost to. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.